Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Season 3, Episode 13, if you now have me, I'm your host for today, proceed, Jenna Anderson. We have a very, very big show, uh, but before we really get into it, uh, we have BD joining us from Budapest, and he wanted to say hi, so take it away. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks, Jenna, for letting me barge into your show today. Uh, I just want to join for a couple of There's like three things I wanted to say real quick before you guys run with this episode. Uh, the first is... Uh, I, I, this is, might be stupid to a lot of people, but Twitter is going through obvious changes. And like, I know that like on April 1st, we're all supposed to lose our blue checks. And on April 15th, they're going to start making the for you page only people who subscribe to Twitter blue. And I know a lot of people find our show because of the Twitter links. So I'm here to say, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, and subscribe to it on the podcast platforms so that if our tweets are for some reason, not suppressed, because I hate the idea of having to pay $8 a month to use Twitter. Uh, it seemed like a scratch my back, scratch yours situation because it was like we're creating content for free for Twitter to advertise with and have content to bring people to it. Uh, and in turn, we get the opportunity to reach people. And now we have to pay for that. So it's kind of more of like Seth from Superbad saying the scratch your back line instead of like an actual fair trade. Uh, and uh, number two was I wanted to give a shout out to our listener named Kevin, who when I was on my flight here, well, actually I had a layover in New York, but he was in Nashville and he like he he uh said he was an awesome loyal phase zero listener he was an awesome dude and he like shouted out something we said as recently as like two days before that flight so i know kevin was really plugged in and listening to us every week so thank you kevin for that uh and the third thing was basically i had to come on the show and say you and i remember budapest very differently like what would i be doing if i did it all right outside of this castle here in budapest i can't believe the uh reception is actually good enough on my phone but yeah so those are the three things i wanted to say uh so please just everybody leave those reviews and share our show with your friends and subscribe to the channel and the podcast platforms, just in case for some reason, Twitter, which I know is our biggest source of viewers for the show, uh, doesn't doesn't work as well as it used to for us in the near future. So I'll let y'all go from here. I hope that came through clearly and not a sort of globally lagged Crystal or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> it's awesome, great. Awesome. Perfect. All right, yeah. Liam, Jamie, Nicole, Jenny, you guys have a good show. And uh, uh, I won't be back next week. Oh, my God, I'll be in. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you guys wow. <laughs> he's, he's a jet setter. He's a man of the world. Oh, my God. All right. Bye, guys. Have fun. All right. Bye. Wow. That All was right. like, what an iconic backdrop. So I know. Here's the thing. Seriously. And like little behind the scenes stuff. When he was talking to us before the show, he like nearly got hit by a bus. Like the Budapest. We almost saw Brandon die on camera. It was It was wild. Insane. 
like but that, luckily that. Mm. Not he seems to be having the time of his life so so yeah um but so we we have a lot to talk about today um and i will introduce my co-host who will be talking about it at the top of the screen is liam crowley hello hello everyone it's great to be back on phase zero uh so much news i was looking at the rundown and i'm just like wow marvel is cooking with gas right now i'm excited to get into it and then we have nicole trump Hey everyone, I am so excited to be back and good lord do we have news. I, I'm still processing. There's a lot to cover. We have so much. And then so finally, much. we have Liam and Jamie in the same room together. They are it's not the same person. Happened. It has finally happened. Jamie Jarak is here. Oh, no. Lovely. Uh, uh, hello everyone. Um, if you're watching this video, uh, I hope you're appreciating my Grease background. I did the junket <laughs> for the new Grease show for Paramount, but I'm still waiting on a couple interviews. So uh, this is my Grease collection in case you've ever wondered uh, uh, what other insane things I collect. I love it. It's Jamie, amazing. I have I love it so much and I am so freaking jealous. I am also a huge Grease fan. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but mm. my God, I'm envious of your collection. Oh, thank you. It's a, I've been, it started when I was five. So I aspire to be you someday. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Honestly. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> um, so we have so much news to break down today. Uh, literally news that broke within the hour before we started. Um, but before we get started on the rest of this news, I do want to touch on the recent reports regarding Jonathan Majors and all of, thing, all of the things regarding that. I won't get into the specifics in part because the situation is still evolving. Probably by the time you're listening to this, the circumstances might have changed once again. I will just say, because people in the chat have been asking, we are not ignoring it, but we don't want to trivialize it by debating or discussing it right now. If it becomes a situation where down the line, it impacts Loki season two or Kang Dynasty or Secret Wars, then we will have that conversation when the time comes. But we are not having that conversation today. So we just wanted to get that out of the way so that we can talk about the rest of the news of the week. So in the topic of the rest of the news of the week, literally minutes ago from the New York Times, uh, Ike Perlmutter, the chairman of Marvel Entertainment, has been laid off by Disney, according to the New York Times. Um, According to their reporting, Perlmutter was told by phone on Wednesday that Marvel Entertainment, a small division centered around consumer products and run separately from Marvel Studios, was redundant and would be folded into larger Disney business units, according to two Disney executives who were briefed on the matter. They also laid off Rob Steffens, who was the co-president of Marvel Entertainment, and John Turitzen, who was the chief counsel for Marvel Entertainment. Dan Buckley, who is now the president of Marvel Entertainment, will remain and will report to Kevin Feige, obviously at Marvel Studios. Uh, previously, Buckley reported to both him and to Perlmutter. So I know everyone probably has their own feelings, their own like history with Ike Perlmutter. This man has been involved with Marvel for a very long time. But what do you guys think now that this news is a thing? It's 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 hard. <gasps> Shakeups are happening. It's like one of the things. Like clearly, like they're working towards something. Moves are being made. All this is, but it's like it's wild to see like this this mm -hmm. studio that was you know. It's still to say it's not thriving anymore would be crazy. They had one movie that didn't like, do insanely well at the box office, but uh, I I don't know laying off an eighty year old man. I don't know like he might be the worst human being to ever walk the earth, but I do think it's funny. Like sorry, eighty year old man, you're fired. Let them like I don't know. <laughs> let him say he's retired <laughs> like, or something. But yeah, I don't, I have no idea what any of this means, but I it means something. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Ike Perlmutter, he's been someone who's like, his DNA is intertwined in Marvel Studios, like from the Genesis. And he used to be the head honcho before Kevin Feige was the one who's directly reporting uh, to Bob Iger. And, you know, to get a little opinionated, he was not very good for Marvel Studios. Like they pushed through phase one was successful. But the reason why 
we didn't get a lot of the diverse characters that we see now in phases three, four, and five are because he was kind of the reason that they were getting blocked. Like Captain Marvel and Black Panther, I believe Kevin Feige has said before that those are characters they wanted to integrate a lot sooner and things just got messy and everything. Eventually he was repurposed to do the whole Marvel television side of things. And he was a big proponent, I remember, uh, of Inhumans. And he wanted Inhumans to be a box office movie and it was gonna be Marvel's answer to the X-Men. And of course the Inhumans movie pivoted to a show and the show infamously really failed. And a lot of people said that Kevin Feige greenlighting Eternals, say what you will about that movie. I had a very good time with it. It didn't do amazing at the box office, but I thought it was, you know, a well pivot from the usual Marvel tradition of how they make movies. A lot of people said that Kevin Feige greenlighting that movie was him in response of saying like, oh, well, I can do your niche ensemble team and we're going to do it better. And I think we can all agree that Eternals, the movie was much better than Inhumans, the show. Um, I was saying to Jenna before we started, I didn't even know Ike Perlmutter was still involved with Marvel because he has fallen down the ladder so astronomically over the past couple of years. Um, but I think that this is a good shakeup for Marvel, even though I really didn't think he had much influence nowadays. Nicole, what do you think? I'm surprised, but at the same time, not surprised. We definitely get the feeling that Marvel is making some changes and shifting in, a, in a, not a new direction, but they're refining their direction, I feel like. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening and change is hard and there are going to be some people. And I'm going to touch into the feelings of it for a moment because Liam covered things so eloquently from a business perspective just now. But like from the feeling side of it, there gonna be a lot of people with big feelings about this and be wondering, like, what does this mean? And does this... Anytime there's a change like this, people start to question the stability of the thing that's involved. And I honestly think that this is probably a good change. This is them refining and shifting focus. Layoffs, regardless of if it's an 80-year-old man, and I'm with you on David, like, just let the man say he was retiring or something. Like we could have we would have all known. But like layoffs are always difficult, especially in this economic climate for anybody, regardless of how much they make, because it's it's just like a signal to everybody else something crazy is going on. But I think this is a good change because, you know, you're right. He Some of his decisions were not in the best interest of the larger MCU. And I think that we're heading in a good direction and we'll, it's going to be a weird moment, but I like the direction things are going. I think this is ultimately good, but I'm still like, wow, I did not expect that this morning. Literally the first piece of news I saw today. <laughs> It's wild when I put the rundown of the show together and then I have to update it. Literally, as Nicole was talking, there's another piece of casting news that we will get to in the second portion oh, of the God. show. Uh, <laughs> so much is dropping. All this crazy stuff starts happening. We, we'll get back? into it. I, I, just for the sake of organization, we will get into it in the second segment of the show. But um, talking about changes and what Nicole was saying about stuff is going to be changing, uh, we may or may not have gotten the release date for Secret Invasion. Jamie, take it away oh yes um uh, according to the disney plus page it says coming disney plus on june 21st 2023 um you know I, I would imagine that it's on disney plus it means it's real uh and if it does it means that the series could end uh around or right after uh san diego comic-con week which is interesting um I, I at this point i thought we weren't even gonna get the show this year even though we like first we thought it was gonna be the first thing we were gonna get this year and all these lack of dates i, I was I, I you know how much i want this show i was like is this am i ever gonna see olivia coleman in the mcu and it looks like i am in june do you think that this is a real date because it is odd that it, they haven't officially said it even though it's up 
I do feel like, cause I, I, I know there's some sort of like Marvel Disney investor day. Like it's just a Disney investor day. Like that is supposedly happening next week. I feel like we might be getting that confirmation then it is weird that like this page has been up for days now and there's really no poster or trailer or confirmation otherwise of like, this is definitely the date, but this is about what I would have expected. I, I do find the fact that it would wrap around San Diego a little funny because I know like all those of us who go to San Diego, it's like, this is going to now add even more stress to the experience. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm glad that the show's still coming. We know it would be, but like, I need to see Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm stoked for this. I, I said on Twitter that I think this show is built for a summertime release too, in terms of stretching across uh, from June 21st until probably the end of July or early August um, because of what Loki did when Loki came out in 2021, the theories that were going on, I don't know what it is about summertime, but I feel like it just breeds good conversation when it comes to TV. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked for this show. I'm ready for, for WandaVision Loki levels of speculation. Again, don't trust anyone. It's going to be fun. Nicole, what do you I'm think? just hyped to get on. I'm hyped to get on the theory train, and Liam's right. Summer's the perfect time for it. I'm just ready to cook. I'm here for it. Give give it to me straight in the veins. I'm also with Jamie. I need I need this. I need this. So yes, and summer's a perfect time. It's a great time of year to have this level of television because you know a lot of other stuff has either come to an end, and we're waiting for fall stuff. It's a perfect time to just go bonkers in mad theory world and try to put together i'm gonna get out my murder board like i always do and we're gonna be it's gonna be unhinged and i'm ready i'm ready i can't wait for your inevitable inevitable piece about like trauma in relation to yes. the scrolls and the scroll invasion you know so you know it's gonna be i'm, I'm so gonna good. psychoanalyze me some scrolls and i've been waiting for it I love it. So on the topic of other release dates, uh, we may or may not have gotten a detail about Loki. Liam, do you want to take it away? Yeah. So the Loki news, you know, this is a show that I believe was filmed uh, almost 18 months ago. And we're, we've just been waiting patiently for it. We got that tease at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. And according to Owen Wilson, he told Entertainment Tonight that he believes it's going to come out at either the end of the summer or, or September. And to me, when I hear that and we pair it with the Secret Invasion news, knowing that Marvel wants to space out projects, I cast a little bit of doubt because I would think they would give maybe a full six-week gap in between Secret Invasion ending and Loki season two beginning. But that being said, if June 21st is real and we end Secret Invasion in early August, September might make sense. Uh, so what do you guys think about Loki season two coming so close after Secret Invasion? I do feel like we'll probably have a better idea of the release date stuff also after Star Wars Celebration, because I'm sure we'll probably get more indication of like Ahsoka and some of the other shows that could be competing with the Marvel shows are going to be coming out. But I think if it comes out in September and Spirit Invasion ends when it does, like that is more than enough of a gap. I, I, I just need Loki season two like yesterday. That is definitely one of the ones I'm the mm. most excited for. So Absolutely. I would be surprised um just because we haven't gotten a show yet this year. And so to like wait that long and then give it a month in between, I think that's an interesting choice after this whole, like we're going to spread it out business. But like, I agree. I just want Loki. I don't care. Like, I don't think I don't care. Um, but I am, but also I'm like, does Owen Wilson really know what's happening? <laughs> I, I, I find, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Nicole, sorry. I cut you off. No, you're okay. Um, Julia in the comments mentioned that the Marvels is coming out in November and they might want to get it out without a whole lot of overlap. And so that kind of timing would make sense, especially if there's anything in Loki 2 that might somehow in be involved with the Marvels. And maybe they're using Loki as their spacer between this one and then here, which that would make sense. 
personally, I think that maybe, I think September might be a little early. I'm thinking probably we're probably going to really realistically see it maybe early, early October, which isn't much of a difference, but a week or two can make a difference. Um, I just need it. Like, this is probably my most anticipated Marvel thing, because as you all may recall, I loved Loki so much and I am ready for this. I need this like yesterday, like Jenna, I'm like, I needed this the minute Loki season one was over. Like I would have just happily, if you just give me Loki year round every single day, I would probably be a very happy Marvel fan. I know that the people making it would be miserable, but I'd be happy. Um, <laughs> That's about it. But, but you know, as long as, as long as we get it, like I would say late, late summer, early fall, we're probably in a good place. And I'm hoping there's a good connection. Like they're probably using it as a spacer between the two is my thoughts. I'm so glad that I don't have to do BD's job of saying the Owen Wilson impression. I'm not going to do that today. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're lucky we don't have to hear anyone do a Owen Wilson impression. Uh, I say <laughs> Uh, Dang. Uh, oh, that, that was more, terrible. I guess that was a dig on Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Brandon. Oh, um, God, so much. So on the topic of other shows uh, and delays and release dates and all of that, um, Nicole has an update as well. So Variety is reporting about but Troy Alonso indicated that insiders say that five Disney Plus series from Marvel Studios that have been scheduled to debut in 2023 have been narrowed to three or four, with the others moving into 2024 and possibly beyond. That will take some of the immediate pressure off of Marvel's post-production pipeline. Um, and yeah, that absolutely will take some pressure off the post-production pipeline, because we've been hearing a lot about just how overwhelming that is, but... Um, how do we all feel about that? I personally think spacing things out is good. And I say this as the person who's always picking apart the MCU for trauma and human experience. And I know from my perspective, it's not superhero fatigue. It's emotional weight fatigue. Because there's a lot of processing that goes into this. Um, the MCU does the human experience better than any other franchise, to be perfectly honest. And they makes us feel things, which is why, like, we always see people like I have been emotionally like I have been emotionally harmed by the MCU. It's for a reason. And I think giving a little space is good for post-production. It's good for the rest of us too. give us give us time to cook on our emotions and heal from the damage. I don't know. What yeah. do you guys think? Nicole, I love what you said there, because I still hold true to this day that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the most underrated project in the MCU's history. And I blame mm -hmm. that on it coming out two weeks after WandaVision. How the hell are we supposed to process Wanda's grief and then just go, okay, now like yes. Bucky is in therapy and Sam has an identity crisis and like so many things going on. So spacing them out for the emotional side, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, I try my best to be a very glass half full person. And when it comes to the pandemic, I think giving uh, Marvel an extra year to work on those shows on a post-production process Loki, Hawkeye, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and WandaVision all looked gorgeous in 2021. And then 2022 came along and there was some like CGI wonkiness with Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. Sure, those characters lend themselves to more of a CGI heavy post-production. But still, I think spacing them out, getting back to the quality we had in 2021 on a streaming side is going to be beneficial for everyone. Creators involved, fans of these projects and the talent overall. And uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I want to miss the MCU. I don't want to feel like it's a yes. chore to watch these things every week. Um, so I am very happy with this news. 
I agree. I think like have- it, it was so different in like early COVID when we needed content, we needed escapism and we basically got the MCU every week, like for lack of a better term. But I think now there's so much competition. There's so much just going on. Let it let it be spaced out a little bit further. I'm already mentally laughing thinking about our 2024 anticipation rankings and how much they're just going to repeat from this year's anticipation rankings because I feel like half of the projects we had on that list are probably delayed even further. And that's totally okay because like Liam said, let the them be the quality that they need to be don't just rush them out just to meet some sort of quota jamie what do you think oh i like i've said before i mean i there's no limit to the amount of content i consume so like but so it's like i could do it if it's constantly but i agree with liam and the fact that like it's nice to miss something um it's fun like to get a little more excited um uh i i think it's overall just a, a smart idea uh we all know that all i care about is getting agatha coven of chaos into my eyeballs and i can be patient about that i can keep waiting and because the longer i wait the more excited i'm gonna be you know how long i've waited for mission impossible 7 you know how long like i i'm i'm fine so I love it. All right. Well, so we're going to patience of a saint. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick one minute break. And then when we come back, we have a lot of casting news to break through, including, like I said, some that dropped literally during the show. So stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, phase zero, season three, episode 13. We are back and we have so much casting news to break through this week. Uh, starting with breaking news, just broke as we have been recording. Uh, Wonder Man has oh. cast Demetrius Gross as the Grim Reaper. Uh, so now we have what? Grim Reaper. He's finally coming after years of WandaVision theories and everything. Grim Reaper is finally going to be in the MCU. So everyone share your immediate reactions while I do a little bit more research here. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Okay. No problems. Jamie, how how are you feeling? Good. I had to look up this actor to see if do I know this guy. Um, yeah. So he's in Fear the Walking Dead and Swagger, which I have not heard of on Apple TV Plus. Um, this is just exciting. I'm just happy we are at this point. A to be getting Wonder Man casting oh. and B to be getting Grim Reaper. Like that's amazing. Okay. I I feel bad for everybody who had the Evan Peters fan theory that he was really playing Grim Reaper. I feel like you're, you're oh. once again. Um, okay, I'm, um, I'm looking this up. I'm interested. Heroes. This actor was heroes. also in Heroes. Um, that's he awesome. played um, Baron Samedi. Or I can never say that right. I apologize, but yes. Oh my God, this is good casting. <laughs> I'm uh okay. First of all, I'm very hyped for Wonder Man to start with, but dear Grim Reaper, yes. Okay, I promise I'm okay now. <laughs> not really, but okay. Liam, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm not too familiar with Gross's work, but I do recognize him from Westworld season one. Uh, that's probably mm-hmm. my most familiarity uh, with him as an actor. And in terms of the character of Grim Reaper, I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it Wandavision where there was the animated? 
uh, flourish, like mm-hmm. the gum going in and everything. And there was like a Grim Reaper helmet. So this is a seed that they either intentionally or unintentionally, let's be honest, it's Marvel, intentionally planted years ago. Um, and Wonder Man just seems like such a cool property too, with the idea of him being like an actor by day and the Wonder Man by night. And I, uh, I've loved him in any Young Avengers trades I've been reading. Uh, I believe he is in Children's Crusade. I think that was my first introduction to him. And Yahya Abdul-Mateen is the man. Uh, He's collecting all the Infinity Stones of comic book universes with Watchmen and his Black Manta in Aquaman, which is one of the most underrated comic book movies of all time. Added that one in too. Uh, And I think he's going to crush it uh, as Wonder Man. This is a show I'm very, very hyped for. I'm so excited. I think this is amazing. So in terms of other big casting news of the week, Nicole, take it away. Yes, here, this is what I was manifesting and I am super pumped about. And I also just lost my rundown. So um, <laughs> bear with me one second. How did that happen? Um, so y'all know Liv Tyler. It's happening, right? Like, I'm, yes, I'm filling space while I get my rundown back. <laughs> bear with me. So that news just broke the other day that Liv Tyler is back as Betty Ross for Captain America New World Order. And we've already seen set photos of her and Mackie with his arm in a sling. Are, are we getting red She-Hulk? What do you guys think? I'm still screaming that we're that she's back. Like this has been the one thing that's been on my Marvel manifestation board. And I got the when the news broke, I was actually away um, in California visiting Pixar. And let me tell you, the hooting and hollering, the broke out, and the high fiving <laughs> as as the new. I was just like, this was on my board. I was summoning it. So what do we think? Or we think we're getting red She-Hulk? What do you What do you guys? I'm just I'm just happy. I have so many thoughts, but Jamie, take it away. I'm excited to hear what oh, Jamie I mean, has to say. I, I, in terms of what we're getting from her, I don't know. But I will say that I, too, am thrilled to see her back um, because I think she's great and I love her. And I love that they are going back to all these incredible Hulk cast members. I think that's amazing. It is kind of sad that uh, we're never going to get to see her with William Hurt again. I mean, mm-hmm. her and Harrison Ford that will be an amazing pairing, of course. But, like, she doesn't – she lost Edward Norton. Uh, no, Like, everyone she really, like, had an emotional connection with in that movie is gone and i think it's uh it's going to be interesting she's kind of has a clean slate as a performer and i'm mm-hmm. and it has been a long time i'm sure Liv tyler will be okay uh but i do think that that aspect of it is really interesting but i'm just i'm so excited to see her back and i just all i want is to see her do a scene with ruffalo if not in this movie very soon please 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 um in terms of if she's gonna turn oh i hope so i'll tell you that <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, uh, but we'll see. You never know. I I had to include the Red She-Hulk bit in here because that was immediately where my brain went was like, this could conceivably happen. And if it would, I would be so happy because like knowing that the leader is in New World Order and knowing that Betty gets her powers through the leader and the intelligentsia, like experimenting on her, I don't feel like it's entirely out of the realm of possibility. If if it doesn't happen and she's still just in this movie as herself and like interacting with Harrison Ford, I'm still going to be over the moon. Jamie said, I need a scene with her and Flo. I need Harrison Ford. I need her and Tatiana in a room together, just like commiserating for Bruce. Like there's so much potential here. I'm so happy she's back. There's there's two things I have to add to this. Uh, one, a stat I just realized, which blows my mind. Uh, Star Wars took a 16-year gap between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace from 83 to 1999. Liv Tyler last appeared as Betty Ross in 2008's Incredible Hulk. She'll be returning in 2024 as Captain America New World Order. 16 years apart like that's crazy that like characters are spaced out that much yet they can just be like reintroduced into the universe i know the star wars crossover is limited to like 
Anthony Daniels uh, as C3PO because a lot of cast members were like recast and everything. Uh, but still, I thought that was a fun statistic. Um, and secondly, those set photos, arm in a sling, funeral scene going down. Everyone's going to be like, oh, they're finally laying old man Steve to rest. I did a short about it on the Phase Zero channel uh, earlier this week. Um, I don't think it's that because one, Cap's alive and he's on the moon. And two, um, the fact <laughs> that Mackie's arm is in a sling indicates that this is like post-battle. So they're going to lose someone early on in this movie, I think. And it's going to lead to some sort of shakeup. So my prediction is it's going to be someone in the government that dies and allows Ross to then take over. Because uh, I believe he's like in the chain of command yeah. based on his role. Um, is he still Secretary of State? I don't know. But either way, he's a high-ranking government official. I think he gets ushered into office because of tragedy. That's my New World Order prediction. I like it. I feel like there. it feels so intentional that we got these set photos because it's like we know Marvel loves shooting on a soundstage and not letting people see anything. If we are seeing mm -hmm. these photos of an apparent funeral, like there's probably a reason for that. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see what it ultimately ends up being. Um, so on the topic of other surprising castings, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is coming back to see you after being Ant-Man and the Wasp and coming back for what I've seen too. Uh, he was doing an interview with Brendan Pope where he said, uh, you know, Bill Foster shows up in What If. Uh, he shows up in What If as Giant Man, actually. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm honestly very excited about this. I feel like the more nuggets that we hear about What If Season 2, the more, like, actually excited I get about it because it feels like they're taking concepts and characters and just ideas beyond just, like, what if this well-known character was also this other thing? Like, I feel like seeing Bill as Giant Man after how little we got of him in Ant-Man and the Wasp, I'm very excited about that but what do y'all think yeah this is a character I, I want to explore more because he has so much you know rooted in history i i love when the mcu introduces these retired heroes uh like isaiah bradley so much implied stuff happened back in the day um and the reality is when you cast older actors we're not going to get those flashbacks with those actors in the role unless they recast and go younger and what if is the perfect avenue to explore those origin stories if you will um, and I loved what we got to do with Hank Pym in season one. Uh, and I think getting to explore some more Bill Foster uh, would be very, very cool. Yeah, like you said, this is like, um, it's weird to feel a little excited about what if. Uh, I know we're so, like, the what if people, if they listen to our podcast, they must hate us so much. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, like, yeah, I, we all know now because of his interview with Brandon how much Lawrence Fishburne loves Marvel. <laughs> so we know he's over there being like, I'm back! Yay! Uh, so I'm happy for him. I'm happy to hear him. I I don't do we don't know when this show is happening, right? That, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> well, we don't know anything anymore. <laughs> oh, bleak. <laughs> we don't know anything anymore. I, that's just how I feel every single day. So, <laughs> Nicole, what do you think about this news? Well, first, I love him as an actor, so I'm always I'm always happy when I hear that he's going to be in something that I am either going to watch for fun or watch for work. So this is great news. But I, I'm going to throw a little bit of love for What If out there because I realize there, it doesn't get a lot of love. But What If is just so weird. And you have to appreciate it for how weird it is, even if the quality varies, because it makes you think. And that's why I like it, even though it is not my favorite by any stretch. But you got to give it a little appreciation for what it is doing, because it's getting us all talking about it. And that's really what it's about. We're imagining and thinking things. So I'm I'm here for What If 2. But this casting, I'm, I'm excited to see him back. I love him as an actor. And here's to hoping that What If 2 is better than the first round. 
Can I just say too, what if succeeds the best when it just does the what if this character was in this situation and it's like a one-off story? Like I love mm-hmm. the story. I loved yes. T'Challa Star Lord. I really enjoyed oh, the Peggy God, Carter yeah. Yeah. stuff. Where it gets out of control is when we go, oh, well, well, what if Ultron got the Infinity Stones and it became the most powerful <laughs> being in the world and killed everyone and then the multiverse shattered and it's just like, relax. Like this, this, we're in season one. Like, like what, what, what are we doing right now? Like save those giant storylines for towards the end of the show. Have this be uh, that, what's it called? Anthology series that we know and love uh, from the earliest episodes of What If. Save the zaniness for later. I completely agree. I'm not going to lie. The zany stuff literally feels like they let a group of six-year-olds just write it and be like based on like what kind of chaos they've come up. Because it just sounds like stuff that my kid would come up with. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe that needs to be a show by itself. Like Marvel as written by children. Because just action figures, just like low quality, but it's just that kind of level of wacky. And like, there's a time and a place that it was not the time and place. My episode's the one where Howard the Duck married Darcy Lewis, so I don't know if I, (laughs) (laughs) of course, it is. I feel like it's such a litmus test why, like, everybody's favorite what if it is and assesses them as a choose your fighter. (laughs) Really. Um, so Jamie has some news that I am very excited about, and I know she is too. So take it away. Succession Hive Rise, Pride and Prejudice 2005 Hide Rise, because Maddie McFadden is going to be in Deadpool 3. What what a surprising casting announcement. I'm so excited right now. Um, there, there are so many things to consider. Um, you know, who's he going to play? You know, we're in Deadpool, so you know there's going to be some jokes. Jenna was like, there's going to be a succession joke, right? But I feel like there's going to be some kind of hand Pride and Prejudice yes. joke for <laughs> sure. Um, and according to a just-breaking report from Deadline, uh, Karen Sony is uh, oh back as a winder and uh, yeah. Leslie Ogums is back as blind owl. Oh good. Oh wow. Oh, oh. Okay, so we've got some returning Deadpool people back as well. That's very exciting. Um, uh, what do you guys think about all this uh, Deadpool news? As someone also in the Succession Hive, I'm very hyped about this. It is funny because people found like an interview he did not very long ago where he basically was like, big superhero movies are like, you just need money. Like you're just getting them because you need to do money and and you need money. And it's like, we're now at the point where clearly something in Deadpool 3 was exciting and intriguing to him because he now is doing a superhero movie. I have no clue who he could be playing, but I'm just excited to see him in there regardless. I agree between like the handholding and like some joke about Cousin Greg, I feel like we're going to get some sort of references in there and it's going to be so good Mm -hmm. yeah i don't have a a ton to add uh i am very late to the succession train it's terrible someone the other day uh said i looked like nicholas braun and i go oh from sky high and he (laughs) yes um zeke supremacy he glows in the dark anyways it's always good when uh uh, the sequel adds talent like familiar talent um and it just kind of ups the ante and we all know deadpool 3 is going to be awesome um and in terms of who he's going to be playing I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a random taxi cab driver role uh, because the Deadpool franchise is known to take random original roles and just make them belovable characters. Um, so I'll go, I'll go TVA agent. I'll go. He, he's a new TVA agent. That's my prediction. I like it. Now I can't unseat Nicholas Braun. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to bleach my hair blonde. So I, I match. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Yes. Nicole, what do you think of this news? Um, I think it's great. I'm going to be very honest. I, I have not seen a single episode of Succession. So I'm, I'm so sorry, Succession Hive. I, I love you. I'm sure it's great. I will put it on my list. But seeing everybody else so excited about this is now genuinely getting me excited. 
I, I have no idea, but like, if y'all say it's good, I trust you. And that's all I really, cause I, 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 I'm not as familiar with his work as I probably should be. And I feel really bad that I'm not in the succession hive. You're all up here pressuring me unintentionally to make me go watch succession now. Start with Pride and Prejudice. Like, start with his 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Like, it will change your oh life. Oh, my God. I it haven't is... seen that in such a long time. Like, I know I've seen that. It's back there somewhere. Refresh your memory. Your like, it's yeah. a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that more than Succession. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, like, I, I remember liking it, but it's one of those things where, what is it, that Simpsons reference where you do learn new stuff, old stuff gets shoved out? Like, I swear <laughs> that's happening to me at some point with all the content I consume. So, all right, I, I will go back. Then I will be peer pressured in succession because people keep telling me it's good. So I'll do it. Awesome. And then, of course, we can't have a week go by without Daredevil Born Again news. Uh, so, Liam, let us let us know what the updates are for the week. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio loves to talk. Uh, I've noticed that very recently. Like, most Marvel actors are super quiet. And then, you know, the weeks leading up to Hawkeye, he's like, hmm. You guys watching? You guys watching the show? And then he shows up. Anyways, he talked about season uh, two, possibly, of Daredevil Born Again uh, to Newsweek, saying we've only just started shooting, that being season one. I think we're a couple weeks in, and the show is going to be very, very different than the Netflix show. And it's exciting because of what we're doing. It's quite something. And by the second season, there are gigantic, gigantic payoffs in the first season, too. But I can't say much about that. But the fans are really going to get what they want. It's really quite cool to be doing it. Then at GalaxyCon, he said, eventually, I want to beat Spider-Man's... Are we allowed to curse on this show? You can say that word, at least. He wants to beat his ass. He wants to to whip Spider-Man eventually. Um, And also in the Daredevil news, Artie Froshan from Carnival Row and House of the Dragon has been cast in a major role. So D'Onofrio possibly letting it slip that there's plans to do uh, a second season. Kind of the least surprising news ever. I feel like Daredevil is a character that... Uh, they don't want to just do a, a legacy one-off season uh, of television, given how popular the character is, as long as this new type of Daredevil we're getting, we don't know how how violent it's going to be, is a hit with the fans. I think season two is inevitable. Um, but for those who are fans of the Netflix show, I'm curious to know your thoughts, seeing these set photos, hearing the stuff from D'Onofrio. Uh, what do you guys think about Daredevil Born Again being in the MCU for the long haul? I will say on the topic of season two, I and I've I've seen other people suggest this. I'm not the first person to do so. I almost think he's talking about splitting the 18 episodes into two because I also feel mm-hmm. like as we were talking about the glut of content and the production delays and stuff, they are not going to put out 18 episodes of the show in a row. Like that would be like yeah. the audience would probably lose its mind having to tune in that often. So I almost could see it being this thing where it is two chunks of nine episodes and we get one at one date and one at another date and it's just regarded as like seasons but i don't know if it also does get like a full season two after that then that's awesome but i either way we're getting more daredevil so i'm not complaining but what do y'all think i don't like super care about (laughs) about like the daredevil but like but i i it makes me sad that like 18 episodes is too much for people (laughs) because you know how much like my heart belongs to 22 episode seasons and i think it's cool at the idea of like the that they want to bring that back but i think you're right i think i think that that part of our lives is dead and i'm glad that agents of shield was the last time i got a true love like that but but it really breaks my heart because because we have shows like you guys know how I feel about Buffy and if Buffy wasn't a 22 episode kind of show, we wouldn't get the wacky zany weird side episodes and the fun, weird, funny ones. And I, I just miss television the way it used to be. 
you and me That's both. All. I just think like the attention span has changed so wildly. But yeah, yeah. I get. Now, I think if they structure, I think if they structure it correctly, they could do a full eight, the full eighteen season. Because I'm like you guys, I think longer seasons is good if it's structured correctly and we all just need to get our attention spans back somehow i'm gonna be the old lady screaming at the cloud about that because i like you guys i, I miss long-form television in that way it's I, I hate getting invested in something and then it just being done and then i have to wait forever for more because i am an impatient little goblin and that's just how <laughs> it is um i'm not a huge daredevil person no, no, don't don't come at me i loved the netflix series he's just daredevil's not my character he's some people's character and i and i love this for them i just love d'onofrio's comments about wanting to beat spider-man's ass and honestly <laughs> any way we get to that i'm gonna tune in because i think that would be epic and i just like yes i i love that he just talks and tells us nuggets <laughs> like this because now it's giving me something crazy to look forward to and really root for which seems like the dumbest thing to root for in the daredevil world but now i now i've heard it and now i want it and give me all the episodes necessary to get there give me like five seasons in a movie if that's what it takes to get me there sign me up I'll i completely agree. i'll watch every episode i'll binge it if i have to <laughs> i completely agree so we're gonna take one more quick little one minute break and then we got guardians of the galaxy news as well as a little spider-verse news so stay tuned <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back and we have some Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 news because, of course, we do on this show. Um, so BD talked to Chris Pratt about the Super Mario Brothers movie and, of course, Guardians came up in the conversation. Um, and he had a very interesting answer about kind of saying goodbye to the franchise. So, Peter, roll the clip. Come as no surprise, but I, I'm a huge fan of your work in Guardians of the Galaxy, man. I mean, so many of your projects, but I love that that film. And I'm not going to ask, you know, I don't want to go too far down that hole, but it's weird for me to go into that movie. Like, I'm so excited, but I'm going into it knowing this is the end of that story, at least in some fashion. I would love to hear from you if you're willing to speak about it. Uh, you know, what it was like to know that you wrapped up the trilogy. You're saying goodbye to people who you've been working with for a decade. Wow, it was really emotional. It was really emotional. Um, for, for so many reasons that, like, it would take too long in this interview to even get into, but it just was emotional. It was a lot of gratitude around the fact that James Gunn actually directed it and and was able to do that. Uh, just grateful that he even gave me the job to begin with. You know, it was it was it felt gratifying knowing that critics had said that it would likely be the first Marvel movie to bomb. And what was that going to be like to be the first Marvel movie to not be successful, like to take these characters that no one knew and now have them be uh, household names and to be part of that and to have rides around the world. like. It's been an incredible 10 years. And so to wrap it up in this way, it's it's a little bit like, you know, your last day of school when you're a senior. 
It's like you're, you're so excited that it's over, but at the same time, you don't know if you're going to see any of your friends ever again. And some of them are going off to college and some of them are leaving and some are going to the army. And it's like entering a new phase, a new chapter of your life. It's the turning of a page. So it's exciting, yeah. None of but them it's are emotional. Going to the army, though. Yeah. yeah, no, none, 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 none of them are going to join the army. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to live here, but not one of them is going to join the army. First of all, I know the chat was saying it, but I especially agree after that. Put Charlie Day in the MCU. It would make the world so much better. I don't know as who, but like he needs to be in there. I love that man so much. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad everyone else laughed too, because I was going to feel weird if I was the only one who laughed at that. That was really good. It's so good. Um, and then James Gunn took to Twitter to kind of discuss Volume 3's runtime, which is supposedly around two and a half hours. It hasn't yet been confirmed, but he said it's around that long, although that's not exa yet exact. And I promise not a second is wasted there's no fat it was necessary to experience the full arc for every major guardians character not only for this film but for the trilogy or should i say trilogy plus people then took that as like oh my god there's going to be more guardians movies and he later clarified that the trilogy plus means the three movies as well as the holiday special so how are we feeling after all that information how are we feeling about guardians are we still emotionally compromised at the idea of this film being on the horizon how are we feeling you know I'm emotionally compromised and I'm preparing for all of you to be emotionally compromised as well. I have said this from the beginning. I, I feel like we are going to go through an emotional hell with this last movie, but we're going to come out the other side healed in a lot of ways because the, the Guardians movies in general have been a long journey about grief, trauma, acceptance, and finding yourself. And we are now at that ultimate point where we're going to explore that with all of the characters in a way that we haven't before. And his comments really reinforce that. And now that he's saying that there's no fat in the movie, I, I'm just prepared to like set up my little like Lucy and Peanut style the therapist is in and just be sitting on social media going, show me where guardians hurt you. Um, because like, I, I am prepared to be ugly crying in the theater. I've, I've already bought designated boxes of tissues. Um, and I think the runtime feels appropriate. Like if it does clock in at that, that feels appropriate for the, the story that I think that we're going to be getting. I have no idea what's we're going to be getting, but I just, I'm already, I'm, I'm not ready for rocket. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say goodbye, but I'm also ready to come out transformed. And that I hope that's such a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Jamie, what do you, or yeah, Jamie, Liam, how do you feel? I've, I've, I mean, I've said it so many times. Like, I, I think I've no doubt that Guardians is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be the perfect end. I think, you know, the, I think it's going to be emotional, but I also think it's going to be fun. I don't think James Gunn is just going to make us de so depressed. I think there'll be a mixture. <laughs> Healing I think is we're gonna fun. Laugh. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. You're right. I can't deny that. Um, I'll be honest, though. I kind of zoned out during Pratt's thing because I couldn't get over the whoever filmed it. Like, why was he like this? I mean, come on. We've been doing these junkets for how long? Um, that's not the point, though. Uh, <laughs> put Charlie Day in the MCU. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. I think it's going to be a great movie. Yeah, I'm not the biggest, like, Guardians fan. I know, don't shoot me. Like, I, I prefer the other trilogies and all that. But I, I will say I appreciate how art imitates life in the guardians franchise in the sense of the characters that chris pratt dave batista zoe saldana especially play reflect them in their careers so well uh with dave batista being like broke after pro wrestling not getting any roles in hollywood james gunn saying you're perfect for drax we're gonna make you drax to the point that when james gunn got fired he was willing to risk it all that being dave batista and blacklist himself from hollywood and say i'm not honoring my contract unless he's brought back 
which is really cool. Uh, Star-Lord made Chris Pratt a superstar. Like, he made him an A-list movie star. And so when I hear these actors, Zoe Saldana also, uh, Guardians, that role led to Infinity War and Endgame, making her, like, the only actress in history to occupy the top worldwide box office ever, with Avatar also included. So seeing these actors talk about the role's ending, even if I'm not as emotionally connected to the story on screen, uh, seeing what it means for them and their careers, it is like very cathartic. It is very like, damn, you, you see how, how much these roles impact the people that play them. Um, and I, I'm very much looking forward to the press tour as much as the movie itself, um, because I love seeing snippets like this. I love seeing uh, actors talk about how much they care. I think it was Sean Gunn who said, in an interview beforehand, I think it was at San Diego Comic-Con where they were all emotional. And Sean Gunn was like, the reason why we're emotional is because we care, guys. Like, we're not here for a paycheck. We're not here to just be famous. Like, we care about delivering these stories. Um, and that means a lot. And so I think this is a perfect movie to kind of kick off the summer movie season in a big way. And uh, yeah, I, I hope I don't cry too much. It, I, but at the same time, I want to be emotionally invested. So I'm in it for the ride. If BD were still here right now, he would be like giving you so much crap for not being as much of a Guardians fan. But we love you. I am judging you quietly, but that's okay. You're going to to go through. I I firmly believe, and I'm going to say this now: you're going to sit through three, and you're gonna you're gonna be wrecked, and you're gonna come back, and you're gonna be like, "I, I I changed my mind. I need to go back to the process. And when that happens, the therapist office is open. Will do. I'll, I'll, I'll RSVP an appointment now, just in Please case. Please do. I'm marking that. <laughs> I love it. All right. And then we have one more piece of news. Another thing that broke during the show. They decided to release like a week's worth of news while we have been talking. This uh, is my fault. So- I know like the chat was already saying this and then you brought it to my attention so thank you for that so Sony Pictures Animation and Sony Pictures Imageworks announced that there will be a new Spider-Verse short that is going to come out at, at, in June at the Annecy International Animation Film Festival I'm very curious when this is going to be in relation to Spider-Verse itself because we know it comes out in early June um, but it is a canonical short that is set within across the Spider-Verse and it is about Miles struggling to balance his responsibilities as a teenager friend and student while acting as Brooklyn's friendly neighborhood superhero After a particularly challenging day living with these pressures, Miles experiences a panic attack that forces him to confront the manifestations of his anxiety and learn that reaching out for help can be just as brave of an act as protecting his city from evil. Um, And so this whole short is apparently part of a program that they do that's like a mentorship program that lets underrepresented groups kind of start doing things in animation. So that's really cool. I'm very intrigued and excited by the idea of it being about a panic attack because I'm very curious to see how that manifests in the Spider-Verse mythos. I'm sure Nicole has thoughts about that so take it away i am thriving with this news because how often do we get to see this sort of thing i mean raise your hand if you've had an anxiety attack like it's one of those things that we all experience on some level and i just i love this so much that they're going to explore this like what like i i'm gonna be the first person to say that i have not been as big on like the spider verse of it all mostly because i have a child that is obsessed with miles and it you can only watch something so many times before it starts to rot your brain and but reading this i am like this is amazing and i love i i love everything i'm reading about this like this might be the thing that makes me a deep spider verse stan i'm not even gonna lie the, the program that they're doing, the, like they're, they're dealing with an anxiety attack and the manifestations of this anxiety. What a cool thing to approach 
in animation that you know young people are going to watch with a character so many people identify with. Like, this is going to hit fans of all ages in a way that I think is just going to be so important. And I'm going to, I'm actually tearing up about this. What is wrong with me? Um, I, I just, I love the power of entertainment to help people. And this just feels like, and it's such a perfect thing for Spider-Man as a character, especially the Miles Morales Spider-Man as a character. And I just, I love this news so much. Like I'm already a fan. I haven't even seen it. Like this, I think this is probably one of the best things I've seen in the news cycle in, in weeks, honestly. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I think this is, I think it's really cool. I mean, we've seen this tackled in the MCU before with, you know, Tony Stark and everything, but I, mm -hmm. I like Nicole said, the idea that it's an animation, it's for kids. Uh, this is a common problem. We all raised our hands, you know, <laughs> like it's some, it's like, it's a pretty normal thing to have to deal with. And I think showing that to young people is, is pretty neat. And, and I'm, this it's weird to say, but like it's gonna anxiety in the Spider Verse animation is gonna be really cool. Oh, it's gonna be so, it's so <laughs> like, trippy. Like, like can you like, imagine? It's gonna be uh, really on point, uh, which is such a weird thing to say. But like, I think that uh, I, I I understand utilizing that in that medium because that's pretty. Mm. Uh, that's an interesting choice, and um, and the fact that it's canon tied in, I think that's really cool too. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Humanizing characters is always a plus for me. And I love in terms of, this is going to be canon, right? If, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. I yeah. love auxiliary content. Like I love reason to get invested in movies beyond just what we see on the screen. Uh, so I'm a fan. I'll, I'll be watching. I love it. All right. Well, so that's been today's phase zero. I hope no more news breaks for the rest of today because I feel like the first half of today has already gotten us very covered in that regard. Um, th there was so much to talk about, and I'm glad that I could talk about it with all of you. So, Jamie, you're at the top of the board. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Keep an eye out for my uh, interviews with the uh, Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies cast. I'm sure that'll be coming later this week. And then I'm allowed to tell you how I think about what I think about the show tomorrow. So keep an eye out on my Twitter at Jamie Cinematics for that information. Nicole, do you have anything to plug? Um, yeah. So I've got some content um, about Elemental that's coming because I did go to Pixar um, recently to kind of get an early look and already obsessed. So very excited for you guys to see a little bit of that content coming and get hyped, especially for that short animation that's going in front of it. But also, um, I just want to make a mention, since there has been a lot of news and some of it heavy, and also and across all facets, even just beyond ours, and we talked a lot about mental health because it's baked into the MCU. It's okay to be overwhelmed. And if you are overwhelmed, remember to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. It's okay to be struggling and don't feel ashamed of that. It's all right. You're going to be okay. I promise. And that's all I got to say. That was beautiful. Liam, do you have anything to plug? Well, that's tough to follow. I, I actually, <laughs> um, but in terms of stuff to plug, uh, there's so much going on. If you made it through today's show and you enjoyed all the news, make sure you follow my stuff on comicbook.com because I have interviews with Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Holt, Ben Schwartz, all coming to the site very soon. Um, in terms of other stuff, Ted Lasso is going on. I've been doing coverage with that. Uh, the Spinning Gold biopic about Neil Bogart is coming out this weekend, I do believe. And I have interviews from that coming. Uh, and it's also WrestleMania week. So if you're a pro wrestling fan and you are into the storylines that are going on in L.A. this weekend, uh, be sure to stay tuned to all things wrestling on comicbook.com and on TikTok. 
And my one final obligatory plug is that the Percy Jackson season two writer's room has begun, baby. So make sure you keep supporting Percy Jackson so we can get the season two greenlit. I know season one hasn't even come out yet, but as you know, if you follow me on any socials, I am unapologetically obsessed and we will be riding this momentum throughout the entire 2020s. So thank you again, guys, for having me on phase zero though. I, I always appreciate coming on. If you didn't find a way to mention Percy Jackson, something would have been wrong. So I'm glad that that was. <laughs> I, I would have thought that you were a scroll if you didn't mention it. <laughs> or, or that you were Jamie and you guys, you know, switch back and forth. And <laughs> He's also a big Percy Jackson fan. I That's read not... all the first five books twice. Uh, but... This is the Percy Jackson hive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right here. I, I'm ashamed to admit I haven't read or consumed as much Jenna. of it as I would like, but that will change when the show yes. comes out. We're going to fix that, Jenna. We're yes, going to fix yeah, that. we will. I, it's not my fault that the movies seem to not be great. So well, um, yeah. that's you're right. It's you not your suffer, fault. You do have to suffer them to join the hive. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, well, but all right. So you can follow me on Twitter and all social medias. I got a bunch of letterbox followers yesterday. That was nice. You can follow me on most social medias at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Uh, go read some comics. There's some great comics this week. Uh, go read which is a new in comic series um a quote from my review of issue one is on the cover of issue two which is very cool it does not say my name but it does say comicbook.com that was a very cool thing to be able to see it's a really great comic about like a 90s very image sort of superhero who goes back to his small town and has a whole murder mystery that's going on it is very well made you should check it out um don't forget to leave a five-star review on itunes or on the podcast platform of your choice we will at some point soon when the all four of the fantastic four are on here we will read your questions from those reviews if you do submit a question um and don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on twitter as bd said twitter might be changing a lot lately but follow us there regardless and we will be back next week with i'm sure a lot more marvel news so stay tuned <laughs>